Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Spooky Z Podcast. I'm your host, Nia, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Hello. <laughs> this episode, we're going to talk about an unsolved mystery. This is going to be a nautical-themed unsolved mystery. But before we get into our story today, for those of you 21 and up, Austin has a cocktail recipe for you. This week's cocktail is the Gold Rush, another cocktail hailing from the Milk and Honey in New York, much like last week's. Paper plane? Paper plane. Couldn't remember which one. <laughs> I was trying to go back through what you just said. I was like, did he already say it or not? Uh, I think last week I falsely said this was made by Sam Ross. Surprise, I was wrong. What? It was not made by Sam Ross. This was made by T.J. Siegel. Siegel. Whole different dude. It was created at the Milk and Honey. So they were two thousands. So they were probably working together. They were roommates. I don't know if they were roommates. Oh my god! They They probably made enough money to not be roommates. Probably makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) um, it's kind of like a. Whiskey riff of a bee's knees or a whiskey sour with honey water instead of simple syrup. Okay. Or sorry, not honey water. It's honey syrup. But nice and easy. Um, The honey syrup does add... I recommend using honey syrup over using just honey. It dilutes better and it adds... I don't know if the word would be velvety, but the word I'm going to use is velvety. Adds like a velvety mouthfeel. Making, and again, making a honey syrup is the exact same as making a simple syrup. It's a one-on-one ratio. So if you're using one cup of water, you're using one cup of honey. Um, you can use a little more honey. It'll make it a thicker, fuller feel on the syrup. Uh, two to one is going to make it way more impactful flavor-wise. Mm-hmm. But again, it's going to change. You're going to, you're going to have to build your cocktail. It's all personal preference right. at the end of the day. The important part is you use honey water. That's the important part. Because if not, you're just making a whiskey sour again. If you're just using sugar, you're just making a whiskey sour. The honey is, it sounds like a small swap, but flavor-wise, it is big. I mean, think of a literal milk and honey in your tea or milk and sugar in your tea. Like it's a, They're drastically mm-hmm. different effects that's the biggest ingredient to make sure you have that's really the one that's going to probably take some extra time out of the day because you probably have honey in your cabinet you probably don't have honey syrup in your fridge um other than that you need your honey syrup you need a lemon and you need two ounces of your preferred bourbon nothing too heavily oaked you don't want the oak to come through a lot nothing super aged don't bust out like a 10 year for it Six years, fine. A good one is a boule. A boule bourbon. Bullet bourbon. <laughs> it's like bullet. <laughs> I've had it ordered boule. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Like, oof. I feel like you put little dashes over the letters that they didn't have. So now with ingredients in hand, go ahead and grab your shaker strainer. It's all you need. It's really easy. This is the perfect example of synergy and balance in cocktail. Meaning it incorporates all three parts and only those three parts. Sugar, sour, spirit. So to that shaker strainer, 
You proceed to add your two ounces of bourbon, your one ounce of honey syrup, and your three quarter ounce freshly squozen lemon juice. And then throw in your ice, shake the fuck out of it, and then uh, yeah, strain that into your glass of choice. Over ice, not over ice, however the hell you want. I would recommend this over ice. Though. But there you have it. Milk and honey's gold rush. And you know where you could enjoy that? On a boat. On a boat? On a boat. That's so crazy. So that leads us into our story. So today's story is about an unsolved mystery that happened back in the 1900s. So this story is um, dealing with the Flannan Isles, which is in Scotland. So it's like this group of islands on the west coast of the mainland of Scotland. They're uninhabited. The main island, which is called Eileen Moore, on that island, you have this lighthouse that was built in December of 1899 for that passageway for ships to be able to, you know, know where they're going. Back in the day, I'm not quite sure about now how lighthouses are manned, but back in the day, um, you had your lighthouse people, your your seamen. <laughs> <laughs> your your lighthouse keepers. <laughs> so this particular story is about three lighthouse keepers who were manning Eileen Moore in December of 1900. Back on December 7th of 1900, Donald MacArthur, Thomas Marshall, and James Ducat arrived on the Flannan Islands to begin their two-week rotation as keepers of the lighthouse. The Northern Lighthouse Board Superintendent Robert Moore, Muirhead. 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 M- Robert Muriel. Muriel. <laughs> um, Robert Muirhead came uh, to do a routine check on the lighthouse and to speak to the men. Robert Muirhead was um, very close to the guys. They, you know, he'd known them for a while, so he's very familiar with them. And so he came to the island to kind of just check up on them, pretty much go over everything, do a routine check with them and make sure everything was good before their their shift to watch the the lighthouse. He did speak to James Ducat about the difficulties that they were having with the heavy mist that was surrounding the island and then the inclement weather that they were also experiencing, which was a little bit of a concern for them because they were on an island. <laughs> surrounded by water <laughs> Walter. Mm-hmm. and how important the lighthouse was so it was just like hey just a heads up uh we've been having some storms and some heavy mist so just you know make sure you pay extra attention to what's going on around the lighthouse and the island but then but then the superintendent he left he left and he was just like all right take care guys um i'll see you in a little bit the lighthouse is regular, regularly monitored from the mainland by a telescope that way that if there was an, any emergency, the men could signal for help. But unfortunately, like the superintendent had you know, expressed to them before, they had a problem with mist. It was just super misty. Um, it was thick. You couldn't really see in it. So if anything were to happen to the men, n- nobody would really know as quickly as if if it was clear. The lighthouse was seen on December 7th and December 12th of 1900 from the steamboat, the Archter, um, when it was on its passage from Philadelphia, Philadelphia to Leith, Scotland, which was noted that the light was not operational because it was in poor condition, so they couldn't really see it. Um, 
the the weather was just too bad. A passing steamboat called the Archer, who was in passage from Philadelphia to Leith, Scotland, um, noted that the light on the lighthouse wasn't operational due to the poor weather conditions. Um, but when the ship docked in Leith on the 18th of 1900, uh, December 18th of 1900, they passed the sighting on to the Northern Lighthouse Board um, and notified them like, hey, just wanted to let you know that something's amiss over there. If you have anybody that's already going out that way, maybe just send somebody to check it out. Um, they noted that the the light wasn't shining, although it should have been. And then they hadn't seen um, it wasn't seen from land again until December 29th after the men should have been like ended their rotation. So then there was going to be an, another crew coming and nobody, even all the other passing ships didn't see any light coming from that lighthouse okay. that entire time. Just ghost house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so on December 21st, a um, ship that was supposed to be sent prior to that date uh, to relieve the men that were already on the island, finally was able to arrive at the island, but it was delayed due to inclement weather. So just during that whole time of December, that whole month, there was inclement weather. When the ship that was coming to relieve them, the SS Hesperus, finally arrived to Eileen Moore, the men on board expected to see a flag flying to indicate that, you know, the men on the island saw them or um, just any type of indication that they were there um and then the captain of the uh ship also like honked a horn their horn on the ship and then they also like yeah exactly and then they also um kind of like shot off flares to indicate to the men on the island maybe they just didn't see them maybe they weren't paying attention maybe they're in the middle of a task and they weren't you know they didn't notice that the ship was coming maybe they lost track of the days who who knows but um they were trying to notify them that hey we're we're coming to relieve you of your duties so you know just make sure you you have your stuff packed up make sure you're ready to go um because the men are coming to pretty much switch out with you so when the ss hesperus got closer they started thinking hmm something doesn't feel right we're not getting any type of response we're doing all these things and nobody's responding we were you know can see them with binoculars can see the island we don't see anybody that's super weird um, even if they didn't hear us, I don't know how they couldn't hear us because there's nobody else around. So it's not like you would have like, exter- you know, other distractions or anything like you're the only ones there. So Joseph Moore, one of the relief workers that was coming to switch with them, he did an initial search. Um, he, you know, a little he rode, rode in his little boat <laughs> from the giant ship down to the island um, and then went up to try to investigate, like, what's going on? Maybe are they sleeping? I don't know. Well, when he got there, he noticed that the entrance gate to the compound and the main door um, to the lighthouse were both locked. And then the beds were unmade and the clock was unwound. So it was just super sus. Yeah. Super sus for that time and the duties that, you know, how they're trained and what you're supposed to do. And it was just out of the normal. So he returned to the ship to tell, you know, those on board what he found. And then he and a couple other people went back to the island to kind of check a little bit further. Well, what they found is that the 
lamps had been cleaned and refilled, so they had started to do some tasks. They had a set of oil skins, which were like wetsuits, um, that they found at the lighthouse, which kind of suggested to the Jason Moore and his, you know, his co-workers that they had left the White House, the, the White House, the lighthouse without them, which was again weird because like if you guys were doing some work possibly somewhere you would normally have those on or at least have taken them with you and yeah. doing anything around the lighthouse because you know you gotta be you gotta be safe you gotta have all your ppe on you know what i mean but through a further search you know they couldn't find any trace of them they didn't know what happened one thing that was reported that was kind of weird was that even though they couldn't find a trace of them within the lighthouse or on the grounds at all, they did notice that there was a meal that was sitting on the table and it looked like somebody had possibly tried to sit down to eat, but then had to be called away for some reason. So everything else, the beds were, weren't made and then the clock was unwound. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so there were things that indicated that they were in the process of doing something, doing the rest of their tasks, and then they had to get pulled away. But then there was also like, okay, but you didn't take your equipment with you. So that's kind of weird. Super sus. Super sus. Just dis- vampires. Just, just disappeared. Scottish vampires. So... Unfortunately, they they still were trying to investigate what was going on. But I mean, the three couldn't really do anything. They had to wait for, you know, higher ups to come and officially come check it out and stuff. So, you know, more and the other volunteer um, co-workers, his other co-workers kind of just were like, well, I mean, we're already here. So I guess I guess it's time to start our shift. So then, you know, they, <laughs> they were like, well, I still got to go to work, too. <laughs> Maybe they'll come back. I don't know. I mean, Maybe three's happening. Yeah, We're still right yeah, now, you know, so it makes sense. I relate. I relate. And um, Captain Harvey, who was the captain of the SS Harpers, was just like, "All right, well, you guys be safe. Uh, hopefully, whatever happened to them doesn't happen to you." It's been real. It's been cool. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been real cool. Right. And so he was like, "I'll take it upon myself to let the Northern Lighthouse." Um, board the superintendents know what happened and then there's a um which is we don't know what the fuck happened right disappeared disappeared there's a a telegram from dr harvey or captain harvey sorry there's a telegram from captain harvey i'm giving him too much credit yeah he went to school school. (laughs) um this is dated for december 26th of 1900 and it states a dreadful accident has happened at the flannans the three keepers ducat Marshall and the occasional have well the occasional which was MacArthur because he was sometimes it was like the two Ducat and Marshall were the two ones that would always be there and then MacArthur would you know switch off he would come you know stay a couple like a week or two and then leave and then come back or something like that but it wasn't he wasn't the one that was all those two were always the ones had be there so he was called the occasional can't even say his name. <laughs> so we don't even, we don't care. <laughs> so Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional have disappeared from the island. The clocks were stopped and the signs indicated that the accident must have been a few weeks ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs and drowned or or drowned trying to secure a crane. So that's what Captain Harvey is suspecting happened to them. Um 
How strong are the motherfucking winds? Strong as hell. Strong as hell. And then the, the also the waves. The glyph. Yeah. The waves probably crashing up against it and then probably snatching people with it. Joseph and his co-workers did a little bit more of their super sleuthing. They looked a little bit more around the island and they noticed that on the east side of the island, everything was okay. It was fine. On the west side of the island, however, it was like you could tell that something happened there. There was so much damage. Um, there, there was a box that was like 108 feet above sea level that had been broken and its contents strewn about. Iron railings were bent over. The iron railway by the path leading up to the lighthouse was um, wrenched out of the concrete. And then a rock that was weighing more than a ton had been displaced from the storm. Oh, my. Yeah. So it was a super powerful a storm. storm, bro. Yeah. Super that powerful storm. That different. <laughs> yeah. You know how scary that would be in the 19 fucking hundreds? Literally. Literally. Like- Terrifying. That's ah. terrifying thinking about it now. Uh-huh. Screw Just that. On a little ass fucking island with Screw a lighthouse. Screw that. And they was was it the night was it the nineteen hundreds where they had the the giant metal fucking thing that they would put on their head to go in their scuba suits? I feel like probably. It was like eighteen, nineteen hundreds. Like we didn't have like good scuba suits. No, not at all. 1900s. Not at all. <laughs> Surprise, it's not like a fucking diving bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just catches some air <laughs> and drops down. <laughs> just a big bell. <laughs> big brass bell. Ding dong. Wake up the fish. <laughs> scares off the sharks. <laughs> <and> cracking. <laughs> On a cliff that was more than 200 feet above sea level, uh, the turf had been ripped away about as far away as like 33 feet away from the the cliff's edge. So the west side of the island was all types of messed up. And that kind of led Joseph to think, hmm, maybe that's what happened to them. So the superintendent came to the island, Superintendent Muirhead. He came to the island and was like, all right, I'll do my own investigation. He finally received that telegram. And uh, he came and it was like, "Uh, you know, I think what happened was that Ducat and Marshall must have gone down to the western side of the island to do some type of task or maybe there was a storm that was happening and they were trying to like bunker down or try to do something some maybe something was getting messed up and they were trying to fix it and then MacArthur left the lighthouse um during heavy rain and his sleeveless shirt which was indicated by what was left in the lighthouse so like he didn't even have his I guess his jacket or whatever they had in the in for their uniform was left there and they must have taken theirs so he was like all right well it must have been so super serious because he didn't even fully get dressed <laughs> maybe it was a monster and they were trying to fight it that's one of the theories it's cthulhu <laughs> but regardless because two of them were gone the the uh, northern lighthouse board's rules are that at least one person has to be at the lighthouse mm-hmm. at all times and so he was expecting you know more evidence that one of them was there but it seemed that all three of them had left so he said okay well if MacArthur was the last one to leave then you know he's in breach of the national lighthouse board rules and he will be fined if we if we find him 
he's gonna be in big trouble seems like a really weird thing to harper on yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought so too <laughs> so <laughs> we have a quote from him from the evidence which i was able to procure i was i was satisfied that the men had been on duty till dinner time on saturday the 15th of december that they had gone down to secure a box in which the mooring ropes landing ropes etc were kept and which was secured in a crevice in the rock about 110 feet above the sea level. And that an extra large sea had had rushed up the face of the rock, had gone above them and coming down with immense force and had swept them completely away. So he... That'd be a motherfucking tidal wave, <laughs> Dude. You're 100 feet mm-hmm. above sea level? Mm-hmm. It's a motherfucking tidal wave, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like... Scary. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super scary. He's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, that kind of is like the main theory that happened and the more logical theory that happened to them. Um, although their bodies were never found. And because of that, you know, nobody could rule that as okay that's what happened even though that sounds like the more logical thing that happened um but but there are other theories of what happened such as like like you said a giant sea monster came and got them because you know in the early 1900s the 1800s the 1900s they loved them some sea monsters (laughs) them bitches might have been real yeah they might have been who knows we started nuking the water yeah these these people just blowing up water and Wild. stuff. <laughs> but then they, uh, there was another theory that they had arranged for a ship to come and take them away so that they could start new li- to start new lives because um, they had fallen in love with each other. <laughs> they know all three of them ran away. <laughs> to be a throuple. <laughs> Well, the theory was that because MacArthur and Marshall both were married and had kids, and I think Ducat might have been married, but because they were all they were just unhappy and they wanted to just like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna bounce out. They've been fucking. <laughs> and then they got jealous and murdered one of them, probably MacArthur, and then the other two fled. And it was a lover's quarrel. Because MacArthur found out they were gay. And they said, whoa, you guys are he gay said, without me? Whoa. Bro. <laughs> I want to join. Because they didn't realize it was the that day that he was supposed to pull up. And he pulled up. He opened the door. And they're like, ah. <laughs> 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 he just rolled up. <laughs> but he didn't say nothing, right? <laughs> and then, like, a couple of days, weeks go by or whatever. And then, like, they're just working one day. And then one of the other ones walks in and finds MacArthur fucking the other guy. And then he's like, ah. <laughs> And then out of rage, he kills MacArthur. But he's got, like, super rage, so he, like, throws a one-ton rock. He just places that bitch. (laughs) And then beats MacArthur against the rail. Oh, Jesus. 
And then you find but then he, he, that he was an ancient deity. <laughs> he effectively cleaned up all the blood and everything. Well, yeah. I mean, it's water. So it was already rusty. You weren't going to see. You wouldn't be able to notice there was blood on there anyway. It's fine. Perfect crime. Perfect crime. Solved. Solved. <laughs> Another mystery solved. solved by the gang. <laughs> the Spookeasy gang. Hey. <laughs> Wearing my Scooby-Doo sweater, baby. <laughs> You know mysteries about to be solved when you got the do on. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so one of the theories that I particularly thought was interesting was, was well, yes, but there was a theory that was similar to yours, except like less less fornication. <laughs> <laughs> It's lame. <laughs> um, there was a theory that somebody came to the island and just just murdered them. They didn't know him. They just some strangers just came they on. Just he just had a hankering for murder, and like, he was just like, "I'm gonna kill you know these what? dudes." I don't know. to go. Yeah, like this is my island, and then he realized that, like, oh. I don't really want to be here. There's nobody else here. So he left. No, this is late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's nobody to talk to. He made himself a dinner. I'm bored. Then it was just like, he started eating and he was like, I'm bored. And then he he like left to the next or cluster he, of or islands. Where he seen the boat and was like, oh, I got to fuck off. Maybe. On the other side. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they said they saw the, the light, right? On the 16th? On the 29th. This was after they already got there. This was after the, the the relief group came. Yeah, but I thought you said they saw it on like the twelfth. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On like the seventh and the twelfth. Yeah. There so. were ships that had seen it, but yeah. like, kind of, because it was still misty. Yeah. So maybe he pulled up because it was on mm-hmm. all safety, and they're like, "Yo, get the fuck out get of here! Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> like, who are you?" And he murdered him because he, I mean, you don't talk to him that way. There's another theory that <laughs> that one of the men, probably MacArthur, that one of the men got upset. Like they got into an argument with somebody else. <laughs> A lover's quarrel. I don't know. Um, and then killed the other two men and then threw them in the sea. In the sea. Um, but they were, you know, consumed with remorse. So then they, he just jumped in afterwards. After being so angry. Well, he, he got he upset. Kicked a one-ton rock. Like the, well, there was still a one-ton rock. <laughs> yeah, there's still the one-ton yeah. rock that nobody's yeah putting in any of these theories. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The thing the boxes that were displaced and they couldn't have been by just a person, like only theories that included are me and <laughs> the sea monster. So <laughs> seems like those are the most probable. Along with the the main theory um it is also theorized that maybe MacArthur, marshall and ducat were trying to fix equipment during the storm and then mark or MacArthur saw like they were having difficulties so he ran down there to try to help them but then he was taken out by a wave and then they <laughs> were like oh no <laughs> yeah and then they were also taken out by a wave but nobody ever knows because none of the bodies were found and i feel like at at that point how remote those islands were, you probably wouldn't have found those bodies anyway. The ocean big, man. Aliens. 
That is one of the theories too. That is it. There's, but honestly, in all all the unsolved mysteries, aliens is always one of the theories. That is like, <laughs> that is like always one of the theories. It's just like, but aliens. aliens. It could have been the wall, as this may sound. Uh huh. Aliens. Because you know, a one ton rock, bro. How are you gonna move a one ton rock? Water. Water. No. Water doesn't beat rock. No, never does. Not never, never. does. Aliens. Boom. Aliens beat rock all Every the time. Every time. Hundred percent. Hundred. See, it does seem unlikely to me that two one hundred foot tall waves would hit in rapid succession. True. Unless it was just one motherfucking wave that was like 500. (laughs) (laughs) Ate the whole fucking island for a second. That could, or like, yeah, a wave that just kind of went over the island Mm -hmm. and then came back. Because I was also thinking when you were saying that, I was like a wave that came up. Took two of them out and was like, hold up, there's another one. Came back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You too. Yeah. Video game shit. I feel like they all knew what would, all of them, all the lighthouse keepers knew that there was a possibility that something like that could happen, but the likelihood of it happening, like with all three of them being taken, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. It's a freak accident, man. Or was it? Or was it? Or did they just leave? I don't know. Well, may never know. We may never know. This is a hundred year mystery and nobody has any idea what happened. And I think at this point, there's there's no solving this mystery. The, the only way you can solve the mystery is no. if you find that there are, there are remains. And I mean. Or if they left are alive and someone claims it or were alive. I was going to say <laughs> they'd be like over a hundred years Aliens. old now. <laughs> Aliens. They were aliens. <laughs> They'd probably be like a hundred, like thirty or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three thousand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Older than Jesus. <laughs> One of them was Jesus. That makes sense. Yeah. I'll show you a picture of them too. You see them? Oh yeah, dude. One definitely looks like Jesus. That dude in the middle stash is fake. Like it look, it is sitting sideways. Like it is fake. It's crooked. It's not even on right. Like, He's just two kids and a, and a mustache. He's an alien. Look at him. Why go weird? So that's the story. Let's go. Of the Flannan like Isle uh, lighthouse keepers. The world may never know. I mean, it's it it's most likely that they got lost at sea. Let us know what you guys think happened. Whether or not you think that it was aliens, aliens, obviously number one theory, duh, duh. the only one that makes sense, Cthulhu. Uh, Cthulhu, or if it was you know something lame like the ocean just wave or wind yeah. or whatever. That it was a it was a freak accident in the ocean, or if it was a fiery love triangle that broke down. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Spookyzy Pod. Please subscribe, share, and review our show. Let us know what you think. 
you can do that on apple Podcasts or spotify thank you guys again for listening and we will see you in the next episode bye bye